to the Jam Yearbook. I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. We're here to take you on a journey through the years as we explore the music in our lifetime and the impact it's had on us and the world we've lived in. Welcome to the first anniversary show. Yeah. One year of the Jam Yearbook. Thank you, <laughs> and we're sorry, I guess. <laughs> yeah, happy anniversary, everyone. Matt, it was April 22nd, 2022, where we launched two episodes, 1971 and 1986 at the same time. We had no idea what we were doing <laughs> looking back. We probably spent a month or so in development and recorded a practice show just to hear how it would go. Thankfully, that recording does not exist today. <laughs> but here we are, not only our anniversary episode, this is also our 50th episode. Hooray. So yeah, here we go. So I want to start out right away thanking all the people who've taken the time to listen to even a single episode. We're still here today because of the support that you have given us. And also the engagement on the Facebook group page has been great as well. It's always encouraging to have people participate in the polls and commenting back and forth. We also want to thank my brother, Mark, our friends, Sandy, Harry, Mercedes, and our UK correspondent, John, for their contributions to the show. It's always good to have some different perspectives. John has kept things fun. Sandy's definitely had us listening to some music we might not have been so inclined to. Yeah, and probably a little more you than myself. I mean, you've got a history with metal, but it's not a genre I've ever really wandered into until the past few years. He's definitely given me an appreciation of metal that I didn't have before. Yeah, it's been good to get back in touch with it. You know, probably not to his extremes, but it's been nice <laughs> to uh, get back in touch with it. Yeah, it has been good. So like always, Matt, we like to switch things up a little bit to keep things interesting. And this is a cleanup episode as well. It's going to run a little differently than our previous ones, though. Want to let the audience know what the game plan is for us this time around? Yeah, we're both entering our 50s, and that fits nicely with the concept of adding five songs every week. Even though it's just getting started, we didn't want the 2020s to feel left out. So as an anniversary present to ourselves, we're each getting an extra song. So Woo. six this time around. But each of us chose a separate parameter for ourselves. Yeah, that's right. I chose to add a different genre with each song from each of the decades. Well, Matt has decided to bring the cheese platter to us. <laughs> yeah, and Jim will serve as uh, Meister Cheesemeister. I guess that's that means I grade the cheese. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Level of stinkiness okay. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we won't wait till the end either. So let's hit every decade as we go along through the show. We're going to start with the 1970s. And as I said, I'm going to go through different genres in my decades. In the 1970s, it's just full of great country music. So I'm going to start with country. But I think everybody out there who moans the minute I say country music is going to perk their head up when I say it's East Bound and Down by Jerry Reed. Because <laughs> if you're from our generation and you hate country music, you probably still like Smokey and the Bandit. And yeah. You like this song. Somebody might think I'm stealing your cheese theme right away by <laughs> adding this. But, but I actually almost had it in my five before when we did it the year it came out. Jerry Reed was as cool as a pickled cucumber when it came to country music in the 70s. He didn't fit a cookie cutter image. He seemed to be more like a blue collar guy that you'd have a good conversation with at the bar, buy a couple of beers. And this theme from the Smokey and the Bandit movie was one of my favorite songs, hands down, as a kid. I still love hearing it on a road trip, 
even if it does make me accelerate a little faster and look out for Smokies. <laughs> yeah, you're you're encroaching on my shtick a little bit, but it's the 70s and cheese is everywhere in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was almost expecting a little convoy here there, Rubber Ducky. What's going on? You missed the perfect opportunity for that one. But you chose the right one. And you're making me want to second guess my choice. Maybe I ought to put a little convoy on there. <laughs> uh, but, but, but then you would say i'm moving in on your territory so let's okay. have some a little bit of division there and the 70s you're right they're the best time to pick a country song there's so much good stuff to choose from and jerry reed he made music sound effortlessly he's a really talented great guitar player yeah he is yeah he is all right so what do you got for us what's your first slice of cheese <laughs> <laughs> my first one is going to be andrew gold and lonely boy if this song was playing right now, I think Jim and I would be having one hell of a sing along. Oh, yeah. There are some dramatic moments in Lonely Boy, which can certainly help with that level of cheesiness. Uh, and would you say one of the hallmarks of being cheesy is being able to just belt out a song at the top of your lungs? It sits in a nice range where almost anyone can sing it. <laughs> and I want to be clear. I'm not saying, you know, these aren't good songs. I really like all the ones I chose. Oh, you're absolutely right about belting out of the top of your lungs. I mean, think about Neil Diamond and why we love him so much. Oh, yeah. Because from beginning to end of the song, he's just belting out. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Tom Jones, you know, these guys, yeah. that, you know, are kind of kings of cheese. They're just belting it out from beginning to end. <laughs> and oh, yeah, this is a great slice of cheese. This is like an individual orange processed cheese slice that you can throw into any food situation and it makes it better. <laughs> and even though it doesn't seem like it would, it's kind of like a really good midnight snack from the fridge. You know, you're kind of sneaking it in. <laughs> you don't want anybody it's a lazy, really it's a lazy man <laughs> yeah. snack. It's that screw it. This is good enough. <laughs> oh, but you also don't want anybody to know that you're actually listening to it. Yeah. You know? so it's kind of got that guilty pleasure thing going up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to keep that rapper quiet. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask you moving on with the show. As it opened up, is there anything a year ago you never saw yourself listening to that maybe you've had a change of heart or opinion with? Quite a bit. Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've had we've had multiple conversations on her. Early Cure, Bruce yep. Springsteen. Yep. Yeah. I've opened up about him definitely. I still have a big hang up with not, you know, like 99% of pop, but I'll admit to liking quite a bit I hear from Harry Styles. Um, the newer stuff from Taylor Swift, obviously, we just mentioned. I still don't reach for any of those when I'm listening to music. I should because I got a built-in excuse if I get caught. Hey, it's for a show. <laughs> don't give me a hard time. Really, though, most of the time I'm listening to music is getting ready for a new version. And that doesn't leave a lot of time for just casual listening. That's when I usually put on some vinyl and I'm just, you know, chilling around the house. Yeah, I like the fact that even outside the show, if we discover something and we go buy some new vinyl, we'll still talk about it with one another yeah. and, you know, mention what we're listening to and who knows if, you know, if that stuff will pop up and we're, we're not about to become Swifties, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but I think she kind of broke through with us. When you go through a decade of her music, you can hear the maturing and growth that's really there. And so I think that kind of earns some respect. I'm at a point now where I won't switch her off automatically if she comes on the radio anymore. Yeah. And I think it is because of that maturing of her sound. Yeah. And definitely the respect with her gaining control over her past music and recordings. Yep. Yep. So, and in defense of my earlier opinions, 
I'm not fully over them. It's it, it isn't it more entertaining if we do disagree and maybe even rant a little bit. Well, let me just call you out here then a little because I knew what your thoughts on rap were and you know hip hop many years ago. Mm, it yeah. was not something not that you really liked. Yeah, and, and you've admitted that your sons have helped you appreciate it. One night in conversation, I pointed out to you that if they had been daughters there'd be an awful lot of this music you would have been into. And Matt, what was your response? I'm drunk. No, <laughs> no. My response was I would have been the biggest pink fan ever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Right Should have, would have, could have though. Should have, would have, could have. I don't mind pink though. Uh, she's got some good songs and one of the most powerful voices out there. It's more that I don't think to listen to it. So I'm still entrenched in old habits where I've changed is not being as dismissive or having a hardline opinion about pop. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a bit defensive about music they like too. So if I say I don't dig something, it's not 100% because I'm being closed minded. You've changed your opinion somewhat on indie music, but I bet you it's, you know, you don't go running to it for a majority of your casual listening. We all have our lanes that we're more comfortable in and creating new habits is difficult. For me, I think it's been the, the hip hop and the rap music that you've brought to the show I liked that originally back in the eighties and nineties. And then I kind of fell away from it for, uh, you know, the past 20 years and the sound kind of changed and it became unfamiliar to me over some of those years. And you've pointed me in the right direction. I think a big part of this is because I've really only been exposed to what I've been hearing over here in the past 10 or 11 years. And it could kind of be an accent thing. No offense to anybody with what I'm about to say, Maybe it's cultural because rap grew its heights out of inner city America. The British accent can sometimes be tough for me when it comes to rap and hip hop. So, you know, I'm still not open to all of it, but you've really helped me discover Juice World, Mac Miller, and some of the Kendrick Lamar stuff that he's put out has been so unique, but enjoyable and accessible to me now. I'm really glad that I turned that corner. I haven't really been open to the Brit rap sound yet but i try it occasionally because you never know when you're gonna have that one breakthrough and a lot of the early rap my kids were listening to was pretty crude and some of it i would rather have never heard Mm -hmm, (laughs) that was mm -hmm. mostly when they were in middle school and at that age man kids are monsters so (laughs) (laughs) so you have that a little bit too uh you know that's the peacocking age uh and what they listen to now well yeah they're swearing but you can't escape that and it would be hypocritical to bash it but when there's, you know, 10 or more cuss words in a song, it can lose the <laughs> emphasis that they provide. You know, if people want to hit up some of the newer rap, I would also highly recommend Kid Cudi. Oh, yeah. He's another one that I've really enjoyed that you've brought to the show. So thanks. All that. All right. Let's get on to our next decade. Then we're going to hop into the 1980s. And I think this is kind of funny because, you know, I think people are expecting cheesy pop charts from 1980s or you know, cool hip songs. And I think we've kind of gone in different directions. So don't expect these big 1980s, 1990s, 2000 hits coming your way. We definitely have some stuff that will surprise you. I am going to say in 1980s, Lenny Kravitz is my choice, which is strange because people are like, what? But this came out in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. And the song is Let Love Rule. Now, in the 90s, Lenny had a huge image problem after Are You Gonna Go My Way came out. That song was great, but probably got too much airplay. The video was on all the time. Constantly. And yeah, it fatigued a lot of us. 
this song is just early, cool, classic Lenny, though. The bass line in it is so slick, and the soulful scat works here for Lenny. I played in a band in Burlington before I moved over here, a three-piece rock blues band, and we made this one of the songs that we would play, and I got to play it on bass, and it was just so much fun to, to just jam out. But then at the end, you have horns that come in, and then it drops into this bass pocket, which in my opinion makes it really good. It doesn't jam as much as it's like an outro to digest Lenny's call for love to rule. This is a, I was really not expecting this song at all. Cause we haven't really been all that glowing in our reviews of a lot of Lenny Kravitz. And for a while I expected Lenny to be the new Prince. He had his yeah. own sound going on. He can play multiple instruments. The talent is there, but he seemed content to play it safe. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. his songs, he, they, they kind of just are ho-hum. And then there's a moment in that, you know, it's kind of one of the, he has a lot of those part-time songs that I brought up a couple of versions ago where mm -hmm. a song will have a moment and it makes you think that that song is better than it is. But this song, that one moment is pretty damn good, but it doesn't take away from that easiness and the great flow of the rest of the song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's early for an honorable mention, but what the hell, Mr. Cab Driver off that album is pretty good too. No, yeah, that's a great song too. I think if we could make a show out of artists we can't stand or that wore us out, but that we loved one song by them, you know, mm. that we just thought was fantastic, that's where I land with this. And yeah, so a little bit of Lenny, we can put that on the playlist. And Definitely. I'm glad it's this song. Yeah. So what, what's your, I'm, I'm a little nervous here, what's your 1980s song? <laughs> All right. This is one I remember from a KTEL album. I think it was High Voltage. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Gino Vanelli, Living Inside Myself. <laughs> it's in line with Lonely Boy with the flair, the singability, and it definitely wears its heart on its sleeve. And that those are some hallmarks of some cheese. Ah, uh, yeah. This is good old 1970s nookie music that <laughs> survived until the 80s. <laughs> Played in the romp room. Oh, yeah. This, this right here has smooth sounds. So my cheese grade, it is Velveeta, baby. <laughs> Your liquid cheese just oozing through the headphones. Somebody get me some nachos. <laughs> I almost changed my mind on this one. So sorry if you feel the urge to skip it when it comes on the playlist. <laughs> it hit me hard the other night, though. I was laughing uncontrollably during the verses, just the gusto he was putting into, into it. It was pretty amazing. And you are so correct in your assessment. This song makes the biggest plate of nachos Guinness book of records. Big. I'm locked into the process though. No regrets. I can practically hear the side eye when this one comes on. Oh yeah. Oh, and you were speaking about how this came off a of K-Tel record. I think when we started the playlist, we talked about how, you know, do, do we want to do a KTEL show oh, or do yeah. we want to start something about that? And yeah. And it came down to let's start a playlist on Spotify and we'll just add our songs to it. And now we're about 46 to 47 hours. Maybe by this point, <laughs> the, the show comes up. Jam Tell you know, Records. Yeah. That's where we Jam Tell Records. <laughs> good, good call. It's amazing how we've made some discoveries about ourselves in the past year. You helped me discover that I'm drawn to music that had a similar feel to what I'd been playing in bands when I was younger. I definitely like to see up-and-coming artists become successful. I've spoken about that, and somehow I live vicariously through them. I'm cool with that now. As an old guy, let them get up there and do it. I like to imagine myself when I was younger doing that. 
So with that epiphany of self-awareness that we had in that episode, it was a, a few episodes back here, Matt, I owe you an apology. In previous shows, I'd given you some shit. I, I, I came up with this indie Matt alley, indie <laughs> Matt, I, you know, cry over, oh, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I picked on you for the light, wispy indie music that you got into in the late 2000s. But I get it now. It soothed you with all the challenges that you'd faced in life, the jobs, raising two boys, trying to keep all of your responsibilities in order. I can understand how you needed to find some solace, and this music serves as chicken noodle soup. It was a good place to turn. That indie music wasn't about sensitivity as much as it was about having a quiet moment shared between the song and yourself. So I'm sorry. I've given you more shit than you deserved. <laughs> the funny thing is that kind of wore off on me now through the show. Like you said earlier, the indie music, I'm kind of appreciating it. And I think every once in a while, when I'm listening to new music, I like to send you songs. Ooh, check this out. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah, you have been lately, definitely. A lot a lot of that stuff is really close to the indie music from that it era. Is. Yeah. It is. And really, I mean, we've kind of got away from saying it, but there's not much difference between what's labeled as indie and you know regular rock or pop or folk because it's got its own tree you know it's like indie folk indie electronica it's all that it's really about the level of exposure it can receive you know yeah. probably due to label size and, and whatever but thank you i appreciate that mostly because <laughs> I, I never really realized that about myself when i was listening to it you know <laughs> even if it wasn't quiet music because it wasn't all quiet music but that i think that is definitely more of what i shared with you um but it was familiar sounds you know ones that i more likely heard growing up than what was you know on the radio yeah no good stuff happy to have it on the show and glad that you introduced me to it so matt regrets i've had a few <laughs> <I've traveled each>. <laughs> <laughs> how about it so what regrets have you had along the way while we've been doing the show uh, drinking too much. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> I will too. Uh, coffee and beer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'll make fun of myself because, boy, that first cleanup, I was high on caffeine. Ooh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was bad. I would got sick of my own voice on that one. And uh, musically, I can be too hard on bands like The Cure, when in reality, I'm finding that opinion is based on very little knowledge of the music. Mm hmm. So I can be really quick to write off bands on a small sample size. I don't think I'm alone there. I, I don't think that's a unique quality of mine. What I didn't like, though, quickly turned me off. And I'm like, yeah, no, you stay away. But I've had the chance <laughs> to listen to their first albums. And I actually enjoy those. So, yeah, it, I'll apologize to you for giving you <laughs> shit about the cure. I still don't. You know, they're not my favorite band. But I definitely like the first couple albums. I'm like, yeah, these are not these are really good. Uh, you don't have to apologize to me because we talk about the cure and we just talked about Lenny Kravitz. And I think when you take samples of musicians, mm. when you look at what the cure turned into and where they went, I can understand why they weren't really your thing, but they had a very different sound at the beginning of their career that you probably weren't familiar with. You exactly. probably heard them from 1987 onward. Yeah. I heard the emo. Yeah. And with Lenny Kravitz, I think a lot of people out there, I mean, if you're young today and all you heard was, are you going to go my way? Go listen to that first album because yeah. 
there's a reason why he had a career that built its way up and you know yeah, and i feel like most of his later stuff i mean all you got to really do is listen to american woman and you know what he does that's it that's everything he does and that's not even his song it's a cover yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and everything he does just is too slow yeah yeah he does have that that groove now and there are definitely a couple of episodes where we sound like a pair of Dean Martins after oh, a yeah. few scotch on the rocks trying to get through a celebrity roast. <laughs> Thankfully, I've remembered most of our conversations the next day. I say most of. <laughs> yeah, there have been a couple where I don't remember most of the show because we go by some notes uh, because it's hard because of, you know, you're in Scotland. I'm in Vermont. You know, we can't just sit down and have a conversation. So we have notes that we go by. And sometimes I listen to the show. But I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> we have not done any one eyed reading. No, Nobody, no, no, <laughs> no. But we can't prove that either. But <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll cop to it. And sometimes I'm like the ones I do remember. I'm like, ah, Jim will edit that out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to the valentine's episode for 1967 your boys were smashed oh yeah <laughs> no amount of editing was going to help that out i remember doing the intro we had to redo it because it sounded like a tape slowing down welcome the to more the damn year yeah the more words came out of my mouth the slower i got <laughs> in our defense we thought it would be good to record two shows back to back and our beer pace was way way off and I have to admit, sometimes I show up on a Saturday and it might be 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning there, but I've gone to the pub yeah. <laughs> in the afternoon <laughs> and then come to record. That's not always the smartest idea. No, it's not. It's not. And I will say that when we are doing our notes and we're chatting and we're texting, sometimes uh, the beer helps that conversation flow a little bit too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And that four to five hour time difference between us, you know, it means occasionally it's too early for me to drink. You know, I got to go out afterwards. <laughs> I got to be smart. That's when the never before now mentioned fourth member coffee comes to the show. Yeah, I definitely had to apologize to Jim after that first cleanup. And I won't throw Jim under the bus either. There's been more than one occasion he's come in with a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, well, you've done the same as well, you know, yeah. since then. So we, we we know when to have our moments and when not to. And sometimes we still have our moments. <laughs> but you can always tell how buzzed Matt is by the end of the show when you get 20 thank yous from him. He's a very gracious drunk. <laughs> hey, I am a happy guy. Don't let those yeah. rants fool you. <laughs> All right, let's let's go on to our next decade. And we're going to go to the 1990s. And my next genre is going to start with Britpop. Yes, that can be a genre, people. Sure, why not? Subgenre, but it's still a genre. It is, it is. I think people would probably expect grunge or something along those lines, and I want to be outside the box. And this is a song I'm really happy to bring to the show. It's called Love Spreads by the Stone Roses. This song's so cool. It just has a real Manchester, UK feel well, at the same time, it sounds like a blues song. The way that it plays with a slide guitar. When I played in that same blues band that I talked about earlier playing Lenny Kravitz's Let Love Rule. You know, in retrospect, when you've played with cover bands, you'll think in your mind, oh, this song would have been perfect for that band that I played mm-hmm. with. Yep. And this is one of those songs that I kind of wished that I'd played with that band that I was in because it would have been absolutely a smash on stage it would have worked so well you know the stone roses they're one of those bands that 
I never really got into in that time, but I've grown to appreciate as I've lived over here and caught up their back catalog. Yeah, everything was kind of overshadowed by Oasis and Blur mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, and it's too bad they couldn't keep it together because they, they only put out a couple albums. And I got a feeling the best was yet to come with Stone Roses. They had all the right influences to be a great rock band. There's some Rolling Stones in there, and there's a little nod to Zeppelin in this one as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. With some of the turnarounds. No, it does. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah, Stone Roses, they might not be my favorite Britpop band, to be honest with you, Matt. There are a few times I've spoken to people, because if they're listening now, they might say, Jim, come on, man. You went on about the Stone Roses and said you didn't really care about them. But like a lot of those artists we talked about before, this is that song that really stands out for me that I really like. Yep, we're all allowed that one, right? All right. So what is your 1990s song? I'm going to unleash some Van Cheddar, Can't Stop Loving You. I said 1990s, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, it is. Ah, balance. (laughs) Yeah, one of the least talked about Van Halen records, and I might add that it's under maligned. It's really terrible. (laughs) Can't Stop Loving You sounds like it may not have survived the cuts from the first three Van Hagar albums or maybe his late (laughs) 80s solo album. It might have fit right next to Eagles Fly. (laughs) This song isn't well known, but it sounds a bit like a hair metal ballad that came a little yeah, it's too a little late. Cheese metal, yeah. Like a few years later, Van Halen said, "Let's go do what everyone else was doing eight years ago." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't, I didn't dislike it though. It's not a bad song, and it would fit no. right in with that hair metal stuff when it was happening. In fact, I'll say this: matured cheddar is one of my favorite cheeses, and I'll always have a hard time saying anything bad about cheddar or van halen <laughs> <laughs> even though we've had some moments <laughs> yes we have <laughs> so how do you feel about the audience picks that have been voted onto the playlist as we've been going through the show in that facebook group every week we put the poll up and people add songs to this massive playlist we've been building is there anything that stood out to you that poll and having the audience choose additions to the playlist is close to my favorite part of the show. Having that interaction makes me feel like we're building a relationship with everyone. Yep. And it makes it feel more like a two way street. You know, we're telling everyone to listen to these songs every week and they're saying, no, you listen to ours, (laughs) you know, and you can tell when a year is special to someone because of how many songs one person will add (laughs) Uh, We because both of us we've had years like that 1980 comes to mind with just so many hard choices yeah. <laughs> it's painful and fun at the same time 1984 sticks out because thanks to the pollsters we walked away from that version with three songs from purple rain oh you were very happy with that i, <laughs> I, I was that. i was yeah. i've loved the engagement we've gotten from people you know every week i have to go put those 10 or 20 songs for voting in the poll and Matt, it's not easy. No, go and look at those I can years. Imagine, yeah. yeah. Some years are difficult because even after we've added our 10 between us and the audience has added theirs, we still leave some good songs behind. It's tough mm-hmm. to make those choices. But on the flip side of that, some years are difficult because they lack that timeless, long lasting music, regardless of the genres. Oh, big time. And I want to put up songs people are familiar with because I think it draws more attention to the poll. Yeah, you don't want to make it work. No, but I I think the version we did, I think it was version 2000. That was one of the toughest years. It was a lot of pop music and there wasn't a lot of Mm. substance in there. 
And I put forward some of the most popular songs from that year in the poll. And there was a hilarious comment that came from one of our old friends from high school, Mark. He, He said, wait a minute, I'm confused. Are we voting for or against the songs this week. <laughs> and I laughed my ass off when I read that. I felt this pain. Yeah. But I'll say this on another note. When we posted version 1980, he declared it the best year ever. You just spoke about 1980 and how great it was. And oh, that's the kind of engagement that makes it all worthwhile. Definitely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So let's carry on and we're going to enter the new millennium. Yeah, let's go to the 2000s. My genre here that I'll start with is pop. I don't know. You might have heard of her. You might not have, but you would know the song if you did hear it. Corrine Bailey Ray. The song is Put Your Records On. Look, the 2000s are full of great female artists. I'm not naming those great female artists when I talk about this next <laughs> in the next sentence. But the pop scene was dominated by the likes of, well, I'll say Pink. She's great. Beyonce, yep. that's subjective. Uh, Extina, because I put that because she was Christina, then Extina or something. Britney and more. But you had Corrine Bailey Ray. She had a unique voice wedged between them and probably someone like Nora Jones. It was pop when it came out but it has a good touch of soul and Matt for you and I put your records on. It's a message right up our alley Mm, before the vinyl resurgence. She was ahead of her time telling us to go put our records on. Yep. And I love the Bob Marley nod with the three little birds in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of put me in the right frame of mind and I'll throw Colby Calais in there as well for vocal comparison Mm -hmm. and a little bit of musical too. It's kind of easy. Um, This song, it's like laying in a hammock in the sunshine. You yeah. just want to have a beer and take a nap. It's, I yeah, like it's, really, that. it's really nice and easy. I like that. All right. What's your next slice of cheese or wedge of cheese or. <laughs> <laughs> the span of 2000 through the 2010s was the hardest for me. I was worried I wouldn't be able to find songs that fit what I was trying to do with the songs this week. Digging into the indie bands I was listening to during these years, I quickly realized the actual problem was that i had so many great songs that fit the part <laughs> you know I'll, I'll close my indie diary after these next two songs until the time's right in the future i think it's easier <laughs> in the 70s and 80s because i have some kind of attachment to those songs mm-hmm. there's a fine line between cheesy and cliche and okay. finding cheesy songs now it's almost forcing me into mellow territory i think because of those connections and how maybe my opinion of that kind of a song has changed, but I'm going to bring freelance Wales and Hannah. It fits the bills. It's great pop. It's kind of dreamy. It is just the delivery. The delivery kind of makes it a very cheesy song for me. No. Yeah. I liked it. This is a good song. This song for me is like string cheese and not just for the indie element, but that, that is like a good string cheese you can peel apart the layers and find something good there every time. And I don't always reach for string cheese first. You know, that's for like 10 year olds. It's a little childish, <laughs> but it never lets me down when I want to have a piece of it. <laughs> and this song didn't do that at all. No, it's a good, it's a good tune. Yeah. It's a good tune. All right, Matt, back to uh, reminiscing about the start of the show. Mm-hmm. 
should we let people know how we got our name? It was actually a complete oh, accident yeah. from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was completely unintentional for sure. <laughs> you know, when we were planning what the show was going to be, I started using jam as a shorthand placeholder for Jim and Matt mm -hmm. and the notes and the text <laughs> that we were sharing your book fit well, because it's, it's what we're doing on every version, you know, and it's a word that conveys nostalgia and reminiscing. Yeah. It was probably the word we knew was going to be in the title. And you know how, once you start saying something, you can't stop and it becomes impossible to think of another name. <laughs> so that, you know, I, I, and I think it fits. It's not changing now anyway. No, you no, know? that's it. Yeah. And we tend to make decisions about the show pretty quickly. Even what we're doing today, one of us makes a comment. We go back and forth, building it up. And literally like five minutes later, boom, we're done. N neither of us have walked away from a show, a talk, a text, a decision about the show without being on the same page. And there's literally no headbutting at all. We both seem to know when it feels right. And we both have that right level of give and take compromise. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's funny that you say that, you know, it, we've, you know, been on the same page the whole time. This has been way smoother than any band I've ever been in. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's nice to have this opportunity to have music in our lives and the creativity of a podcast and to research and to come here and talk about it and to share it with other people. So, and, you know, somebody like yourself who I've known for 35 plus years, we've brought that up. I'm <laughs> gracious for that. That's, that's a really great feeling to know that. I'm not sitting here talking to a complete stranger. And I think one yes, of the reasons why we're able to do that is because we got that relationship. It, why would we fight about what exactly. we're going to do on the show? That's not <laughs> yeah. us. It's yeah. not our friendship. No. Nope. So I, I think we were probably toying about something simple like the Matt and Jim or Jim and Matt show at the beginning. Yeah. But, but neither one of us wanted our names to be first. <laughs> no, because that's an ego thing. Yeah. And then you put that marker in and I was like, dude, I had no clue why you put that in there. It's like, I love that name. <laughs> and you're like, huh? And, you know, like, uh, that's, you know, this is why I did that. But, you know, here we are now. And, and yeah, it's stuck. I love it. Well, it, it suits. It's an actual word. And we're musicians. We like to go jam with people and, you know, play some music. So, well, yeah, yeah, it, it all it, fits all the way around. And I think it also fits our, our conversational piece that goes on. We're jamming yeah. back and forth. We're riffing. Mm -hmm. We're in the jam room. We are in the jam room. That's what it is. <laughs> oh boy. Your cheese is getting thick here. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so let's pull back the curtains on the development of the show in our earlier episodes. Tell the audience, Matt, here it is. <laughs> yeah. The show has changed quite a bit since the beginning on my part. I was trying to be too inclusive. The show would have been a lot longer than it is to get everything from an entire year in. We've had versions where it's name checking because there's just so much. And I'd, I think that tends to take away from how good a show could be because you're not really mm -hmm. getting in depth. You just kind of go, blah, and this group and this group and this song <laughs> and this group. Oh, it's all so great. Yeah. Okay. But over time, we learned to get to the high points. Yeah. But, but we're not trying to forget or leave out the new discoveries because, especially for me, those are just as important. And I personally, at the beginning, I was putting way too much effort into that exploration. I think we have a better balance now. That drive to have a do-over, because we are re-recording our earlier shows, mm -hmm. um, it's out of our desire to have a consistent show over the whole entire run. From the artwork and music that improved vastly after Lenny's contributions 
to us, more me, ironically, getting a new microphone to improve my own terrible sound. <laughs> I hope I, I really hope people don't mind the rants. They're fun. And sometimes they are designed to kind of poke at people. Yeah. And because we can all take ourselves too seriously with the music that we love that we don't want to uh, even think about how somebody else can view it as bad. Yeah. And what we want to do is bring the best show we can to people. And we know that we want to put something on the shelf that when people go to the very beginning of that, it's the same quality that we're going to give them as we're doing this show today. That's really important to the both of us. It's all about quality and consistency. It is. All right. So let's get to the 2010s. The genre that I'm going to in 2010 drum rolled literally like to be a drum roll because yeah it is come on clark big band swing music and i know every single british person out there possibly some north americans especially canadians are worried i'm going to bring michael buble to the show oh, but it's geez. not <laughs> i did that Papa once maybe oh come on i did that <laughs> once i am going to bring a surprise and that is seal singing luck be a lady tonight i wanted to bring something out of left field onto the playlist you know we've had country and metal and 60s music you've brought great rockabilly mm-hmm. lots of rock pop and rap but i've saved this as something special for the right time and seal has a great voice and could have been born to sing songs like this it works so well Forget Sinatra, forget Dean Martin. There's great legends, absolutely. But Seal singing this, this needs to be a song on the playlist. And I want people to turn their heads and listen. This song will do it for them. Oh, you're not lying. This this is fantastic. This will definitely cause double takes. I had no idea Seal had this in him. Nothing in this song is out of place. His voice fits seamlessly within the big band sound. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And the arrangement is perfect. Oh, this whole that. album is amazing. Yeah. It's so damn good. Very tasty, man. Yeah. I Yeah, I couldn't recommend that whole album enough. That's <laughs> cool. All right, I'm going to bring a little bit more indie. Okay, what's your next tune? So it's a band that I brought on before. It's a little slice of indie pop. And indie pop rock, maybe uh, said the whale. <laughs> I love you. Th- there's not much more earnest than singing. I love you as often as they do in this song. <laughs> oh, what a great pop rock song. It yeah. flows through all the different parts. So effortlessly, this is my kind of pop that bridge where you got the main voice and that one harmony just going, I love you. I love you. I tell you that I love you. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. addicting to me. I could listen to that forever. It's great. Yeah, this is like that blended package of shredded cheese that you buy for nachos or a pizza. A little it bit has of spice. A, yeah, there's a different cheesy texture throughout the song. So there's different, it's a blend from the main vocal melody theme to the percussion, the drum breakdowns, the guitar work that's going on in it. I can't define this as one kind of cheese because it's versatile. It is. It is. It's a great song. I love it. Yeah. Just ask my kids. I They probably are sick of me here. They're probably sick of hearing it. I played it a lot in the car. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, Matt, we're, we're, we kind of wrapped up being nostalgic about the show. So we're just going to go from the 2010s. I kind of sent you a message this week and said, look, 
let's just bring a new song from 2023 to the show. And this yeah. is our sixth song because we do share some music back and forth and stuff that's coming out. And we write the rules. So we, we do. So, sixth song. But here we go with this year, 2023. My, my choice. This song was the least effort as we only had a few months to dig through. I knew what my song was going to be immediately. I had it in the back pocket for such an occasion, but I'll let Jim lead the way into this decade. Okay. Into the 2020s. Okay, here we go. Well, I'm going to start with much respect to you, Matt. It's Juice World, who I mentioned earlier, somebody who you introduced me to. And this song came out a week and a half ago from recording the show. It's called The Light. It's still got that new car smell to it. Oh, it does. It does. It still (laughs) sounds great because it's so fresh. I said at the start that you helped me become more accepting of modern rap. If there's any music, any artist that I'm going to take away from the show, it's probably going to be Juice World, you know, that I learned from you. He shared the tragic tale of his life and his lyrics, and he knew he wasn't going to live long. You, you could hear it. You can tell in his words, he felt like this. When I heard this song last week, for the first time I, I sent it to you immediately. I just, I didn't care what time it was where you were. <laughs> yeah. I was just setting it off. The lyrics, they're, they're so beautiful and real. And it, it kind of brought a tear to my eye knowing what his fate would be. I was riding on the bus into work and it was one of those moments where I was the only person on the bus going in. Cause it was so early in the morning and I put this song on and you know, I don't know why I wasn't tired. I hadn't had any drink, you know, it was early in the morning and yeah, it just hit me right in all the feels, all of them. Yeah. You can never tell when a song is going to do that to you. Yeah. And, and that's probably the best, right. Mm-hmm. When it hits you because you're, you're probably giving your most honest reaction to something in the song. And mm-hmm. with him, it's usually it, well, it's rap. So it's, you know, it's the lyrics, um, and knowing how long he could freestyle, I wouldn't be surprised if we got more posthumous releases from him. I can tune out the 808s in his music because his lyrics can hit really hard. Oh, in his yeah. Voice, he's vi- he's really able to convey an emotion on those heavy songs. I'm glad you're digging into Juice World. When I added Wishing Well, I wasn't sure if you think it was too heavy emotionally to try more of his music because... <sighs> A lot of songs like that in a row can be very draining mm-hmm. emotionally. But when you parse them into your normal listening, as soon as they come on, when you know the song, you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah, I'm not turning it off. I'm just going <laughs> to feel it. <laughs> yeah, and you feel it. You feel it when you hear this song. And it's cool that even the music that's coming out now that he's passed away still has that same kind of feel to it. There must be a lot in the bank that we're still going to hear from him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say I was, so I was talking to Owen the other day and I mentioned to him that you had sent me this song and that you were really becoming a juice world fan, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, not a super fan. I'm just saying you like what he's doing. And he definitely said, you need to listen to death race for love. That's his favorite album. Okay. I will do that for Owen. So there you go. (laughs) All right, so what are you bringing to us at the end of the show? What's the last song, Matt? Luke Combs, Love You Anyway. Not going to lie, really good fucking song. And it actually <laughs> sounds like country. Well, wait a minute. This is cheese. So, well, 
Are you saying all country music is cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Pop and country are likely the two biggest contributors to the creamery. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- those are <laughs> definitely the biggest farms. There's a fine line between cheese and cliche. I think I said that earlier. Both uh-huh. genres make plenty, and they sell it pretty damn well. If if I'm, I'll, I won't encroach on your territory too much. But if I were to grade this, pop and country could be kind of like the uh, cheese in a can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna put it in a can, and I'm not gonna <laughs> lie either. I liked it too, and it after the song played. After I was listening to it, I was walking somewhere. So the next song came on and it was some more Luke Combs and kind of like that. So I'm kind of getting soft in my old age. (laughs) So since it's kind of down home kind of cheese, I'm going to call it cottage cheese. Oh, that's appropriate. Yeah. Cottage cheese came from Minnesota because they didn't want to waste bad milk back in the day. And country music does not waste a bad time. No, it does not. Yeah, lots of country artists make something beautiful out of a bad situation. This song is a little more upbeat than that, but it still has the sour country sound. Oh, yeah. And if you read the lyrics, don't get caught on a certain line in the chorus. You could kind of see how it's about a hypothetical situation, you know, like if you leave me kind of song. <laughs> so, so maybe it's a little psycho, too. Well, the next song that came up on my playlist by him was Beautiful Crazy. So if he's got that little psycho oh, thing going on, there you go. Yeah, it could be a theme <laughs> in his music. So there it is. Yeah, but this is a fantastic song. I've been hooked on this song the last few days. Really great. Yeah, and it's good to have a good modern country song on the playlist. So happy to have it there. Yeah, because we 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 denigrate country music quite a bit. Uh, we're both really closed off to it still. And <laughs> For good reason. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm but, not going to yeah, apologize but, to anybody. Yeah, no, exactly. But this in uh, my uh, recent realization with Dwight Yoakam, you know, maybe I'll open up a little bit more to it. Yeah, but your Dwight Yoakam realization was back in 2002. So you're. But it was only back. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but it was 20, 21 years ago from now. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap the show up. That's good. We've you know been nostalgic. It's been fantastic. So that wraps up our latest cleanup episode. And Jim's going to tell us where we're going next. All right. Well, I'm going to take us into dangerous waters because we only have so many years left and we can't always have the best years and who knows where we'll wind up. I'm taking us to 2013. I don't have any high hopes, but I'm going to try to keep an open mind. You really should. Dude, we survived 2006, 2007. Yeah, we had to float on both of them together. (laughs) Oh, no. What's six plus seven? (laughs) Oh, oh, crap. (laughs) I was just going to say any show we do now should be a piece of cake. It will be. Uh, Maybe this is a urinal cake. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, (laughs) I guess we'll find out next week. Can you imagine if those two years were in the first 10 versions? We may have tapped out. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been researching. I would have been researching, telling myself I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) So we want to thank everybody for tuning into the Jammy Rook yet again for this latest cleanup episode. And we will see you here next time for version 2013. And you can blame Jim if it turns out to be a bad one. (laughs) Don't blame me. (laughs) 
It's, no, it, it, it's, it's it's the fifty first show, which isn't supposed to be the best. This one is. This is the fifty. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Don't blame us. Blame the music. Yeah, blame the music. <laughs> I would have been researching, telling myself I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> oh yeah. You <laughs> oh boy. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in yet again to the GM Yearbook. Thank you so much. We really appreciate everything. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Happy fiftieth. Happy anniversary. Hey, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Peace, love, and podcasts. Yeah.